welcome to season three of the Lifestyle Chase, and I'm your host, Chris Little. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. To help this podcast grow, please share it on social media, rate five stars, tell your friends, and check out the past 140 episodes and counting. You can follow me on Instagram at Christian Little and at The Lifestyle Chase. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. All right, so welcome to The Lifestyle Chase. Um, I am here with a return guest, Austin Current. I've had him on the show twice in 2020, so you can look back. You can see one earlier in the year and then a return appearance with Nick Sorrell. Um, And just before we got started, we were talking about uh, just his experience with uh, the gym closures or lack thereof or life, all these things. With that being said, um, well, welcome back, first of all. And secondly, like, how is your your flow of life going right now? Thank you. Yeah, it's great. Um, Flow of life's going, you know, it's it's not too bad. I can't complain. Staying busy. Um, And yeah, gyms in, you know, I'm, I'm located currently in Kentucky in the U.S. And it is, you know, it's open. Gyms are open. Uh, my gym's open at least. Uh, it's more of a, it's more of a private intimate facility. Um, there's only, you know, a couple hundred members that really aren't in there all the time. So, you know, it's basically 10,000 square feet of just a few people in there at a time. So pretty safe. Um, and everyone's really good about keeping stuff clean and stuff. So, um, outside of training, everything's good. Just trying to get my groove back with training, honestly. Um, easy to fall out of the groove, you know? Well, I mean, I, I have to say, as much as the couple lockdowns here in Canada kind of it was frustrating and aggravating, I learned a lot in that process, like through through having to pivot and having to adapt and having to um, become accountable in different fashions. Like when you have like the environment of a gym to do your workout the way you want to do it, that's easy. When you have to kind of re reframe what your workout looks like with a couple heavy dumbbells in your living room it teaches you the environment that a client might be in um but to, to kind of get us on track you, you kind of talked about getting back to your routine or whatever like uh what does that look like for you right now that is try and get to the gym and <laughs> most days and you know i've had to it's one of those things it is like you were saying it the older you get the the more things you sort of have to navigate yourself um and i think the you know the pandemic and all that stuff really opens my eyes to um and just over the last few years really you know separate from the pandemic even it's really opened my eyes to more situations where it's like okay i get how this happens i get how you uh, don't stay on track. I, I understand when things do come up and it's not, I was always a very, very busy person. I always have been. Um, but you know, it was one of those things where I just never had an issue with staying on track or controlling the controllables. And the more things went on and the more life events happened and the more things took off professionally a little bit and, and stuff like that, it was like, Oh, okay. This makes sense. I, I kind of get where, 
you know, the everyday normal adult is like, it's not as easy, you know, as you think to, to stay on track. And I can't imagine trying to throw kids into the situation or, you know, X, Y, and Z, right. I'm in a kind of a perfect situation, a perfect storm of working from home and being a fitness professional and, and knowing what to do. It's just, it's the reality sets in of sort of the human condition of we're our worst enemies and we can all get off track regardless of how much, you know, you know? So um, I, I think the most famous way or famous saying in this um, arena is kind of like, you know, Daniel Kahneman in his uh, sort of his research in cognitive bias. Right. And, and he, he even, even he'll say, you know, a Nobel prize winner, I believe. Um, and even he'll say, I have my own cognitive biases, right? I, I, I can't separate myself from cognitive bias, although I have the prestige of, of doing the sort of that pioneering research on the subject, right? And that's the same thing with fitness professionals and personal trainers. It's just because we know what we're doing, you know, and keep other people accountable doesn't mean we don't allow ourselves to sort of fall under the, you know, fall under the spell of, oh, well, shit, this really caught up with me, you know, I, I'm, I, before I know it, I'm kind of more off track than I thought. Well, I like that. There's so many things that we can kind of take away from that and dive into further conversations. But I want to draw attention to one of the biggest reasons why I had you back on the show. Like I was, I remember we kind of alluded to your book in, in some way on your last appearance with uh, when you joined Nick Sorrell and I. And I had no idea what it would look like or like how much, um, how it would be received. But I would say from my perspective up here in Northern, uh, Northern North America, I was going to say Northern Canada, but I'm like, it gets way more North than Edmonton. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> but like here, here in Canada, um, I got your book right here. So let's see if we can get it in the frame. Science of strength training. I just got the, the second camera. So I had to, uh, put it at a funny angle, but I've actually really enjoyed it and I genuinely want to see it do well. And so I wanted to get you on the show to talk about it. I wanted my audience members to be aware of it because sometimes it's hard to find like in this big sea of books and resources and courses and mentorships and all these things, it's hard to decide like what is going to like actually help us with people and what is going to be just like sort of like a fad thing or like a trend or um, just like there's so much talk about like what is the right way to do fitness and it's just like well at the end of the day we're just trying to create buy-in for for people who want to have a better lifestyle and the more tools that we have to create that buy-in uh, the more people's lifestyles that we will be empowered to change. Putting that ramble aside, um, how do you feel now that the book is out there, now that people all over the place are buying it? I feel, you know, it feels good um, that the book is done and out there. And, you know, it, you work on something for that long and um, it sort of becomes this, you know, it was my first go at it, you know, it was my first my first run at writing a book and putting something of that size together in terms of a project and uh, working with a team of people um, to put it all together. And it was pretty eye-opening experience, a lot of respect um, to people that do this for a living, people that have written multiple books, people that, you know, work on these books and do that for a career, like so much respect to them. And, 
you know, I, I can't ever go without saying like this book wouldn't have happened without the team that helped me with it. Uh, you know, the book is so detailed, so comprehensive, and really there was like no stones left unturned when it came down to the finished products. And again, like I, I, I can't even say I, I'd love to say I could do it all myself. Cause I don't think that's even true, but like, when it comes to saying like, Oh, did you, did you just do all this yourself? And it's like, absolutely not. Um, you know, they're my words. It, it's, it's my book. It's something that was a brainchild, but it, it's something that would not have came to life without the team of people helping and the illustrators, the editors, you know, all those people at the publisher. And so, um, you know, huge shout out to those guys, but it, I'm, yeah, just grateful that it's out there. I'm grateful that it's helping people. And, you know, I've gotten great messages from people who are just starting out within strength training. I've gotten great messages from people who are personal trainers, who are, I've got, I'd say that the most popular place it's really been has been within personal trainers who are kind of studying for their personal training certifications, which has been really cool. Cause it's like, yeah, I didn't really have that. I kind of had that in mind when writing it, but not so much the preparing you for something like that, but I'm glad it can be of use, uh, in that sense, but yeah, it's just great. And I'm, I'm really grateful that people are buying it honestly and enjoying it because you never know, you know, when you're working on it, you're like, well, I hope people like this, <laughs> you know, um, and you, you don't really know during the process of it. Well, I mean, that's kind of something that stood out to me, like as you bring up how like personal trainers are using it to kind of prepare for their certification or their exam or whatever it may be. Because I was kind of thinking back to like my experiences of being in like universities, going to the textbook store and just like the amount of textbooks that I have from different classes. Like I've got like philosophy textbooks and anthropology and all kinds of weird stuff. And it's just like I was never um, that engaged in the actual book. And so the, I would miss out on this value, even though it was people would tell me that if you read the book, that you're going to be up to snuff with with the topic. But it's like, yeah, well, it's not engaging or it's not um, just how the information is relayed is not in a way that's like practical on a day to day basis. And then even just taking that towards like some of the books that I have for for training. It's just they're so dry in comparison to just the layout of this book. And I'm not going to fanboy too, too hard. It's just I want people to have a reason um, as to why to even just like look it up, just like look it up on like Amazon or whatever and start to um, understand that like a it's actually very accessible for like literally everybody that has time to listen to this podcast on a cell phone. Like if you can pay your cell phone bill, um, you can buy this book. Um, and then just to kind of like wrap it up, it's just the fact that like nobody's perfect. Nobody's going to remember everything all the time. And kind of like how you talked about the book and how it came with the help of like many, many people. Every single training session that we do as trainers comes with the help of like our mentors and our colleagues and our peers. Every referral we get that that is sparked by someone else. And so to have like a resource in your back pocket, I think is really helpful. But to kind of get us on to our next topic, um, I just want to paint a picture of like what was the what was the timeline for you in creating this? How long did this this take you to produce? 
Yeah. So the kind of the early stages of communication around the book was in December of 2019, um, just to kind of timestamp it. And we started working on it, really started working on it in like February or March of 2020. And it pretty much came out a year later. And so, you know, that kind of factors in all the time of getting, you know, just the reference images, I, I think something that, you know, a lot of the preparation of the book, and, and again, like this opened my eyes so much to the process of the, the project in and of itself. But, you know, we, my wife and I is a photographer, my wife is a photographer. And we traveled to Pennsylvania to Prime Fitness uh, headquarters, Prime Fitness USA, an equipment manufacturer, you may recognize their uh, lime green logo and, and some of their you know, uh, attachments or something that you may use in a gym, but, um, you know, we traveled to there, they have a beautiful showroom in, in, uh, Pennsylvania and, you know, it's just like this 10,000 square foot showroom with no one really in it because they just use it to display their equipment. And so, you know, luckily I have a good relationship with those guys. Uh, they're fantastic. And they allowed us to come up and shoot, up there um, and get, you know, the over, I think we ended up with over a thousand reference, reference images for chapter two. Um, so chapter two, for those who don't have the book or it's the strength exercises chapter. So basically it, it shows, it's like a CGI illustration from multiple angles and multiple stages of each exercise. And so you could imagine over a hundred exercises, we got about six to eight images and different stages of the movement from different angles, um, high, mid-level and low um, of different stages and angles of all of these exercises, and then organized them and sent them off to the publisher and the illustrators. And then they basically took it from there and, and created the CGI illustration. And then there was you know, months that went by of trying to create these in batches, right? Like we went through each muscle group. So it was like all the chest movements we'll do first and then the legs and stuff like that. And then they would send a batch over of like 10 to 15 exercises for me to kind of comb through. And each exercise was like, okay, move the arm here, move the foot here. We're going to change the angle here. And so each and every image, everything you see in that book had to go through a process like that. Um, you know, out, just the imagery alone um, outside of the text itself. So, and then obviously there was the stages of text editing and trying to fit it in there and, and try to choose the best, you know, 500 to a thousand words to go in each, you know, little section out of the three to four to 5,000 words that I probably wrote for the section. I was trying to figure out, okay, what's the best, you know, kind of what's the meat and potatoes of this information that people really need to know. And so that, you know, over the course, I guess, of 12 months kind of got all, it got all kind of put together, packaged, and then off to print in time for it to kind of come out 12 months later. So again, yeah, they're, they're really good at their job. They allowed me to, you know, kind of have my own creative freedom within a kind of a confined structure of like, well, let your mind run a little bit, but we're going to kind of rein you in you know, here and there and, and keep you on a straight, on a kind of a straight path um, to get the job done and, and get it done the way that we think will be well-received. And, you know, at this point it's been well-received. So that's really great for me and great for everyone involved, really. 
Well, I mean, I think it's important that you highlighted like the the process of the the photography and like the CGI because it just um, there's certain context that goes missing sometimes with the instruction of how to train people kind of thing. Like if it's just like a, a flat image kind of thing and you don't know like how to to place your body in such a way and just like different exercises, you can completely miss out on what that exercise is for. Like it could be a back exercise and the person just feels their triceps kind of thing. And so there's going to be so many connecting pieces in that process that you guys took rather than uh, just doing some blank picture um, that sometimes the details matter, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, Because there is more than one way to do things and there is also a more effective way to do things amidst those different ways. And from my limited experience so far as a trainer, like I'm, I'm often not the most experienced in the room, but I am someone who is always hungry for continuing education, always trying to network and learn and grow from all of that. I know that, um, having gone through that process to create the visuals is going to make those visuals a lot more valuable than your average Instagram post or your average other book, like another textbook that might come with a certification, um, isn't going to tell you nearly as much. And so if, if people were kind of like wondering what it means to go through that process to create the images, why wouldn't they just cut corners? Like, there, there is a good founding reason behind that, and it will benefit you without a doubt. But there's something that I was kind of curious about as I was kind of preparing for this episode. Like, I, I just kind of wonder, like, throughout your process going into creating this book, who are the people who kind of inspire you from a continuing education standpoint? Yeah, um, you know, there's a there's a vast amount of people that I, I like to sort of follow and, and keep up with and learn from. And, and I would say that the biggest ones, um, you know, I, I really like, I, I keep up with a lot of education through uh, mass. So the monthly applications and strength sport, um, that's a monthly research review ran by Greg Knuckles, Eric Helms, Eric Trexler, and Mike Zordos. Wonderful group of guys that are so, so good at distilling the need to know information from the latest research. And so they basically sift through, you know, the thousands of studies that get published every month in, in strength sport, um, whether it is in strength performance or uh, the physique based world, trying to build muscle strength, whatever. And so they, they kind of every month they're breaking down research. And then there's another great research review called weightology uh, that is ran by uh, James Krieger, Cody Hahn, uh, and Brandon Roberts, um, again, all PhDs in their area. And again, there, that's another monthly research review ran pretty similar, um, just from different guys, uh, and they'll break down, you know, different studies each month compared to the other ones. So there's, you know, there's 12 studies broken down every month to kind of stay up with the research. And then, um, you know, in one education has been a great, um, piece of, of inf- or a great resource for me over the years. I, I used to work for them, um, but Coach Kasim and those guys over there, um, Adam Miller, Cody Moxley, those guys are, are incredibly intelligent when it comes to training um, and and exercise technique and, and anatomy and, and all of that stuff. And 
what they've done for me over the years is, is really allowed things to pe be pieced together. They've taught me how to critically think uh, for myself when it comes to these topics. And so I'd say those are probably those groupings of people and um, all of them kind of combined and put together, I would say have, have been really, really a guiding light for me uh, over my course of my career um, and have kind of kept me moving in the right direction when it comes to my information and, and progressing it along, changing it, evolving it, and not being scared to change my opinion on, on something. Um, you know, I, I think it's really valuable for trainers and really just anyone who, who likes to do anything. Um, you know, it, it's, you, you can't become married or too emotional or, or too attached to some idea or concepts, especially in what we're, you know, in the personal training space. Cause it's like, you know, one year or one decade, this may be the way we think about it. And then something happens, we come across different research or we start, you know, different research gets published or, you know, we have innovators in the space. We have pioneers who think again, who are so good at thinking through these things that are like, wait, that actually doesn't make a lot of sense. And this makes a lot more sense. And okay, let's kind of put this into application. Let's test it. Maybe let's get some research done on it to solidify it a little bit more and be more accepted around the industry. But you have the, all these people kind of put together um, this education and, and really pioneer these topics and, and really critically think. And I think we're, I'm really grateful that we do live in the era of information, kind of the information age as, as we do, because I'm someone who's very intellectually curious. I love, I always love picking up new information. I love kind of testing my own information, testing my own thought process, testing my own knowledge base. Um, you know, I, I kind of always have a solid understanding of, okay, what do I understand or what do I believe to be true in this area? And then everything I read or consume, it's sort of I allow Pandora's box to sort of open up, but I always have my North star. Like I always have what I, I kind of always have my backbone. I always have my vertebrae, right? And I always know what I believe to be true in this space or this area, if you will. Um, but, you know, maybe when it comes to program design or something, but I'm always kind of, when I open Pandora's box, I'm kind of like, well, I may pick something up and it may change the way I consider one of these things, right? I'm not completely changing the way I consider something always, but sometimes I, I, it even the new information just solidifies what I think to be the case. Right. Um, and then sometimes it's like, wow, that flipped my understanding on its head a little bit. I have, I have some thinking to do. I have some considerations to make and I made moving forward. I am going to change the way I probably think about this a little bit more and in, in the way I share the information um, and use it with clients and stuff like that. So um, I would say that that core group of people. So the mass research review, weightology research review, and then in one, in one education is another great one um, that I that I stick with. And then another one that I, I, I hear a lot about, I haven't taken it, um, is prescript, a little bit more of the rehabilitation side of things, um, but not even just all rehabilitation. They are more, you know, anatomy focused and, and you know, execution focused and stuff like that. And so I think they're cool because they come from a little different angle than, you know, your N1 would, um, just from different backgrounds and training experiences throughout their careers uh, and in form of their education as well. So 
I think those are both really valuable and um, Jordan's a great, a great guy and, you know, a cool dude in general. So, um, you know, I'd recommend and a, you know, a fellow Canadian. So, you know, got to support that. Yeah, I love it. And it's just cool because like the everybody that you're listing off, like I'm either familiar with them or I've met them or I've heard great things. So it's like it's all solid. And it's uh, it's funny. I was once on a big Zoom call with about 100 people or something. And Coach Cassim was on the call and I had a silly Zoom background and he called me out for it being super distracting. I was like, oh, he will do that. What a yeah. what a first impression I made. Because <laughs> like, yeah, he will, he'll, like, yeah, he'll call you out. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's kind of important to kind of have that. Like, we <laughs> we can sort of like protect our energy, but we also have to have people that aren't afraid to just say it like it is. And everything that I've seen on social media from him is just like telling it like it is. And it's like kind of like that uh, Big Brother energy. Like a big brother is never going to be like, oh, you're doing everything right. You're perfect. Like a big brother is going to pretty much call you out on your shit. They love you, but they want you to be successful and they're going to get you there at all costs. And yep. what I really get excited about with uh, N1 education is just seeing like the, the little sneak peeks of like all the new like technology that they're mm -hmm. impl implementing, which kind of reiterates why I put so much focus on like, how you did the images in your book because I guess maybe it's because I'm a visual learner but I'm sure a lot of trainers are um you just get a better understanding of like how the body attaches to to itself um through image rather than through text and just like the whole like cueing squats in just one way and just like if you don't squat this way you're not squatting well anatomically sometimes people have things that have them squatting in a different way and so having the context of the visual is going to help a uh, trainer to be a lot more open-minded about their process in cueing their individual client who has a different body than the person in the book and then it allows them to be more open-minded that their client isn't broken their client's totally fine and it's just you got to use everything that you've learned over the past however many years and apply that to the person, which is, I guess, like the more that people can understand that, the more people that we can all collectively help and then we can make a, a big, big difference. And then it's funny that you uh, gave the, the Canadian shout out for uh, Jordan Shallow because it's like... I have never crossed paths with him, but I've heard so many other people promote him. And even just from like a North American um, standpoint, just the, the fact that like there are people in this industry that have such a legacy based on the impact that they've had on other people through what they've taught or um, how it's impacted their career. I know a lot of people have taken certain pieces of continuing education and it's empowered them to take that next step, whether it be to change locations with their business or maybe they have more aha moments with their clients and it turns into referral upon referral upon referral. But um, to kind of get us back on track with, with your book, you're creating your book, you're in the middle of it. Um, what was the thing that made you kind of stop and think, wow, like, is it worth it to do this? Or did that ever even happen? No, it happened a lot. Um, yeah, no, it was a very exhausting process, I'll be honest. And 
it's just a lot, you know, and I, I kept up with my full-time job and, you know, I, I kept my client roster and, you know, I, I co-own a business physique development, you know, we're an online coaching company established back in 2014. You know, we have a team of trainers under us and, um, you know, a staff, you know, there to, to take care of and continue to take, uh, educate and, and all of that stuff. And a lot of, a lot of moving pieces, right. We're growing and stuff like that. So it was a lot at once, you know, and I'm married and, you know, I, I got real responsibilities in life, you know, to take care of. Luckily, no kids at this point. Um, that helped. But, you know, it it was one of those things where it was a lot, you know, and it, and it was a big undertaking and it was something I never done before. Um, and one thing that did, that did really help was I had this like I had this constant reminder written down where every day I looked at it before I like when I woke up, I would look at this um reminder that I wrote down and essentially all it said was this could be the last thing you do. Um, and that was all I needed really. Uh, it, that got me going, you know, each day it was kind of like, all right, it was for me, it was a perspective builders are, are, are everything for me. So I, I read a lot on, I really, I read a lot on history of the past, um, not only from an evolutionary sense, but from a, you know, maybe a, a medicine sense of, you know, what was it, what was medicine like before anesthesia, right? Like that's a, that's something that will build perspective in your life. Um, how grateful you can be for anesthesia. Um, and the fact that people now wash their hands when they operate on you versus they used to not, you know, and, um, and then from the sense of, um, keep just, uh, oh, I was on perspective. Yeah. So perspective for me was the biggest thing. And so, that note for me every day was just a constant reminder of perspective and it allowed me to kind of zero in just on that day of like just do what you can today just get it done do what's in front of you and again like the team of, of folks that i worked with at the publisher did their best to give me more bite-sized pieces because they understand you know they've been working on these books for you know 10 15 years and so they realize how in depth and how expansive the the process is and they were essentially just like all right we're going to break it down in these smaller chunks these different deadlines and just do your best to keep up with us and if you can just keep up with us we're going to be there we're going to we're going to hit the finish line and there were some deadlines that i wasn't sure i was going to meet there were deadlines that i met you know with honor or you know way ahead of time and then there were some that I was just like scraping by, just trying to hit the deadline. And, you know, it, it, when it came to the end, it was like, all right, I'm glad that's over, but I'm really glad it happened, you know, and um, moving forward, it's, it's kind of that constant reminder, that constant perspective of like, damn, dude, you're, you can at least do that. You know, it's like, whatever you think is difficult today, it's like, you could at least do that. So you could probably do what's on your plate today too you know? Um, and so that was a big help, you know, it's been a big help for me. It's been a big growing experience for me as a professional and, um, just a person walking about the earth. Right. It's been a, it's been a cool thing. So I would say a gift in a big way. For sure. I mean, like even just that reflection that you had saying like, this could be the last thing that you do. Like I was like, wow, if, if I thought about more things that way, I'd have a bit more fire under my butt and I consider myself a pretty motivated person. And so it's just like 
perspective makes a big difference. Um, when you started the process of, of getting published, was there ever any pushback or was everybody agreeable? How did that uh, whole situation go? From the publisher, you mean, or just in general? Well, I guess we could talk about the publisher or in general, just kind of whatever stands out to you the most or whatever you have the most to, to kind of speak on. Yeah, well, I didn't. Um, I think the most special thing to me about the book was no one, there was only like, when I say a few, like my wife knew about it, my parents knew about it, and like my business partners knew about it. So like there, are, I can count on one hand how many people knew about the book up until basically it was coming out. So it was a special project for me because, and I wanted to keep it very special. I didn't want other people to know about it um, just because I didn't want the pressure, the outs I didn't want that pressure. Like there was something, you know, we don't do many things in silence anymore. We don't do anything much behind closed doors. Like if we're doing something, we want other people to know about it. We want, we kind of want our own fan section. We want people to be curious. We want people to ask, we want people to be proud of us. And I'm not saying those are bad things, but there, there's something to, to me, like someone coming from, coming from the sports background that I do and from the family that I do when it comes to sports, um, growing up and like a, my grandfather was a, a college football coach. And so um, I grew up in that household of like, essentially like constantly being drilled in of like, who are you when no one's watching? And I wanted that to kind of like, that was a special thing I kind of wanted to return back to was like, okay, who are you when no one's watching? Who are you when no one knows you're working on this? What can you do and what can you produce? How could you, you know, how can you show up today? when no one knows you essentially, you know, from the outside looking in, it was like, Oh, well, you know, I know he has some clients, but I don't really know what else he does, you know? And, and I wanted, I almost wanted at the end, the end of like, that was special to me at the end of it, you know, when it was, the book was like, I didn't actually mention something on social media until two weeks until the book came out. Um, so I kind of sat on this project for, you know, a year without saying anything. And I now working on it every single day, you know, like every week, every day, um, you know, that was kind of a special moment for me of being able just to, to work on something behind closed doors and to kind of say when it's done, like, all right, I've been working on this. Hope you like it. You know, it's like, um, and I, I don't know, it, I, it was kind of a project. I, it was a project for me, you know, cause I don't, it's been a long time in the world of creating content in the world of trying to grow your presence and do all the things we try and do as professionals, right. That we, we need to do to kind of make our businesses thrive and kind of keep climbing that ladder of, of the industry, right. Doing what we were taught to do and doing what we, we want to do a lot of times. It had been a really long time since I'd done something purely for myself or purely without the involvement of other people um, when it came to like social media. Right. So it also was very interesting because, you know, if, if I go, you know, and film at the gym for a couple of hours and get, you know, I filmed 10 new videos. Well, in about a week, I'll have all those edited and on YouTube and on Instagram and I'll be getting instant feedback. People are like, yeah, we're loving this. This is so great. Thank you so much. Um, and there's really immediate feedback there, right? They're, they're, 
there wasn't a there's not much delayed gratification in, at this point for us and i think that was another special thing about the book was it was for the for the first time in a long time i had to really kind of delay gratification of this project because it was it's like i'm working tirelessly like absolutely exhausted during this process and it's just like i hope people like this you know and it, it, that so when you asked in the beginning of like how does it feel to kind of be out there it's it feels great um it feels great to to have it out there and just be to be kind of like be proud of it on how it turned out and and the messages that i do get through instagram um and the reviews on amazon and stuff like it's just kind of been that icing on the top of like oh all right sweet that was worth my time you know that was great and yeah i'm just really grateful for the experience as a whole but the way that you talk about like the kind of delayed gratification like how it happened so fast on social media but it was delayed in the process of making the book immediately made me reflect on like my experience as a podcast host like for for me because i know you you've hosted a podcast in the past so you know what it's like kind of thing um for me it is like creating like a, a chapter book like every episode mm -hmm. is a chapter of the story and it evolves and it grows and you wonder if people are going to um, open up on one of the chapters and keep reading or if they put it away and just for from my experiences so far the the feedback that I so often crave it's not always there and so then I have to remember like why why do I do this like what is what is my selfish reason for being a podcast host and like how can I um, pull more from that to fuel this fire more knowing that sometimes I'm the only one who feels like this project is going to turn into something but sometimes that's the only opinion that matters kind of thing um, in your journey through um basically running yourself into a wall trying to meet these deadlines and make this happen and have a life and be a human being like was there ever a point where it was just like all you needed to hear was like you're doing good man and like you just couldn't even get that or like like kind of talk to me about that yeah um yeah that's an interesting thing to talk about you know and share about because we all need kind of a we all need a pat on the ass, right? We all need like a good job, man. And, you know, it, it definitely came at moments, but there are definitely moments that, you know, weeks, months would go by and it's kind of like, dude, you know, I don't want to feel soft, but like, I'll, I could take a good job. Like we're proud of you and like, you're doing good and, you know, keep it up. And, you know, and, and the publisher was great with that, to be honest, like, you know, I know they were as just as busy as I was trying to, to manage, you know, all the stuff that I was doing, they had to read over and look through. And, you know, I had the advantage of kind of being the, you know, I don't really like the word, but like the expert in this group of people, right. Um, especially when it comes to the group of people I was working with, like, you know, they chose me for a reason, but in this group of people and editors and public or, uh, illustrators and stuff, you know, I was their expert. I was the kind of that person that was like, had the last say on this information. And so I know anything I had to send them, they had to like read through, sift through, sometimes do a lot of research to kind of like say like, okay, this is, we trust you, this is right. But kind of like, how do we say this in a different way? 
or how can we say that's that's a little bit more bite-sized for the folks who are going to be reading this and so there's a lot of back and forth there um but as a whole like i had a lot of people around me cheering me on like my wife was fantastic in terms of support system um you know my family was great and and so everyone was really great in terms of their support and and checking in and saying like man we're just proud that you're even doing this it's so cool um you know and and so i don't know i there are definitely moments where you're kind of like, poof, I could just use, you know, I could use an attaboy or, you know, kind of a, a slap on the ass being like, all right, dude, great job. Great work. Proud of you, you know, um, taking it back to the sports days, but yeah, I don't know. There were, again, I think like, like anything, you kind of, anytime you work really hard on something, um, you kind of want people to, to acknowledge your hard work. Um, but also I wasn't putting it, I think it, there was a thing I was trying to like, I almost didn't want a lot of it either, you know, kind of on the flip side of it, because I think in a big way, that's why I didn't put it out there. Like I didn't, I wanted to, to do the work first. Right. And I think again, more in like the social, like our current social media culture, there's sort of like, you know, I could have very easily got the immediate gratification and admiration of even getting the book deal. And the fact that I'm going to be a published author and like, I'm going to be writing a book on this subject and, you know, basically like putting it out there, like how proud of you or how proud of me are you guys, right? Like, please put in the comment sections, how great I am and how proud of you, proud of me you are. And like, you know, it's like, I could have very easily with, the, you know, my, I could have easily done that and it would have been gratifying in the moment, um, for sure. But there was something again, kind of going back that I didn't want that. I, I craved almost the opposite of that. And I wanted to do the work first. I wanted that to be almost from the sense of just well-deserved. I wanted to, to really earn it. And, you know, if you are proud or you did find value in it, I didn't want that to come before I even did the work. I wanted that to come after. And I wanted that to come purely from the basis of you reading it and, and taking in the information. Um, so yeah, I think there's, you know, there's kind of a double-edged sword there where I think, well, every person needs kind of like an attaboy, great job. We're proud of you. Thank you so much. Like we need appreciation. We, we want our hard work to be appreciated and recognized, right? Um, because it's really hard to, to do it, do something when, and, you know, you're not getting anything in return. It's kind of like, all right, well, how am I doing? You know, like working hard, like, what do you think? But also like, again, a perspective thing of why do I deserve, like why I'm not entitled to that, you know? And, and so there was something there too of an, just entitlement that I wanted to kind of fight against of this kind of millennial entitlement that kind of brews itself in our own, again, the kind of current culture of being where we are and do what we do on a daily basis. There's sort of like this, this sense of, of inflated entitlement we have towards being appreciated for, for what, like, for being a person, for doing what you should have done, for doing the job you were hired to do, you know, which may seem a little harsh, but it's kind of like, yeah, that's kind of what people have been doing forever since people have been around, you know, they've been doing backbreaking work and 
they probably get nothing more than like, Hey dude, thanks. You know, after months of hard work, there's probably, that's it, you know? And so I, I think that to finalize that thought, it's more or less like I needed myself to be proud of me. Like I needed me to be proud of the work that I was doing. I didn't need, I didn't want to need other people's approval or, or acceptance of this hard work. Like I needed to know if no one else knew about this, am I proud of the work that I did? Am I proud of myself for doing it? And yeah, that's kind of that. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, but. Well, it's an awesome, an awesome reflection because, um, you, you highlight the fact that it's kind of good to have like a, a support group, like a network of people who are kind of like-minded and once in a while they're going to acknowledge good work when they see it. And I think that's the value of making friends with other trainers in the industry. Like that's, I've said it before. It's like my biggest flex is that I can network with people. Like I just get them on my podcast. It's, a great <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's priceless to me. Like I wouldn't trade it for the world. That's why my podcast is like my child because I'm gathering all these people and trying to make very meaningful connections. And what you see is what you get with me on this show. Like if you met me on the street, I'd be the same dude might even be quieter. But, um, then you kind of talked about the value of like taking a step back from essentially social media to kind of focus on what your purpose is and, and get the job done. Like that's kind of the tough love that people need. Like if people are frustrated that they're not where they want to be, but they know that practice and repetition would help them, then they need to go out and practice and repeat and repeat and repeat and fall down and get back up and fall down and get back up kind of thing. Go read some research, go to some continuing education, go put in the reps and just simply get better and not waste so much time on, on social media because it's that is not going to change your outcomes. That's just going to change how you feel that day. Um, putting in work is going to change your outcomes. And then if you do something awesome, granted, people will be very happy for you on social media when the day comes that you tell them. Similar to how you talked about your book and it was out and it was done and it was in the stores or like available to be purchased and boom, done. Yeah. And I think social media can be a dangerous place when it comes to this, you know, this repeating loop of, this feedback loop of, um, and kind of this, this feedback loop of, of being an, an echo chamber of your own ideas and, and confirmation, right. And how great you are and how, whatever else on a daily basis, it's like, if we need a hit, a hit of dopamine and, and acceptance, like we can just hop on this platform and, you know, we're gaining new followers. We're getting comments and DMS of people appreciating the work or, wanting to engage or wanting to, to maybe be like you or to have a career like yours or whatever, you know, and there's so many positives to that. And there's so many things that to, to be grateful for. And, and like my position with on within social media, like I am very fortunate that I stumbled across some, some ideas that, that were accepted years ago and, and cultivated sort of a community to, to follow me and, and, people chose to click that follow button and, and to, to go along with my work and my content, right? I'm very grateful for that. And there's a lot of opportunity that wouldn't have probably surfaced the way it did without that community of people um, following the work that I, you know, the words that come out of my mouth in a weird way. Um, I think in part, people follow me for beard tips. Um, 
that I don't give. I think I'm holding out to, to just keep them anticipating it. Um, but all jokes aside, I, I think there is this dangerous part of social media that is kind of just an echo chamber, right? It, it's It allows you to it's this constant group of people who are always going to sort of accept you and, and congratulate you on how great of a person you are, right? And you can always show up on social media as someone else. You can always show up on social media as the person you wish you were, right? But at the end of the day, you have to face the reality of who you are with yourself and who you are with those around you who are constantly around you, who love you and who are your people. You have to face that, you know? and I think first you need to work on who you are as a person by yourself and for those around you who need you and rely on you before you show up for those who are going to congratulate you regardless of what you're doing, right? Because you can tell them anything. I can tell you how great I am every day. And you're going to be like, dude, you're so great. I wish I was you. And it's like, all right, you know, um, that can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. That could be a self-fulfilling way to spend your time, you know, but is that how you want to spend your time? Is that, you know, because there's a sense of like, there's that initial sense of like, man, this is kind of great. People appreciate my work. Like they, the effort I put in, like they really admire it, you know, which is good, but also it's sort of like this unnatural sense and there's this unnatural frequency at which it comes. And there's this unnatural volume of which it comes that I don't know if we're really wired to understand, you know, I, I, I know I'm not like, I think I'm more confused by it than anything. And I don't really quite know what to do with it, to be honest. And I think that's why I typically stumble over myself a lot more than I otherwise should. I, I typically present myself as maybe not as confident as I should within a lot of different realms. Cause it's kind of like, I'm really confused by it, to be honest. And I don't know why people chose to click follow. I think I was helpful, but I don't know what you see on, you know, a number on social media doesn't necessarily reflect how I feel about it or doesn't necessarily reflect how I feel like what I deserved or what I'm entitled to. You know, it's, there's this really big divide between those two things. And I, I don't quite know how to, to handle it. And, you know, the best I can do is while people are here, they've chosen to be here, they're going to get their information from somewhere. So let's, let's at least make it an accurate or let's at least make it accurate information. Let's, you know, let's, let's create a trust, an environment of trust and, and an environment of discourse and conversation around things that we find to be interesting um, and go from there. Like, we'll see what happens, but past that, it's like, you know, I, I it's kind of, it's like, if I say something, I, I yeah, please still question it, you know, like, don't take that for gospel. You know, I, I absolutely could be wrong. I could be, I could be 90% there, but I could be missing the 10% or, or something of that nature. Right. So yeah, it's a weird relationship you have with, uh, kind of that, um, your own reality and that of the internet reality, you know, there's a life I could live on the internet that's completely separate from my life in real, in real time. So I think it's first establishing a relationship in real time with your own real reality, what's really happening in the world, and then try and deal with whatever is being thrown at you on the internet reality. That was deep. 
And I mean, to keep us on track with time, I just got a notification from my computer that my disk is almost full. So I'm going okay. to go to the last question in okay. the, the hopes of saving the show. Um, if you were to give a challenge to my audience and something that is unique to you that you think if they did it today, it would enhance their day, what would that challenge be? And all I'll get you to do is be like your challenge for the day is and just uh, put it out there. Yeah, your challenge of, of the day is to reflect and, and gain a little bit more perspective on your situation and how luck, lucky we all are in this this moment to not only be listening to this, but to have clean running water and food and and people to talk to and, and people that choose, you know, choose to love us and, and be around us and uh, your friends who are around you, you know, your colleagues, your 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 mentors. Um, all of those people have a choice and they chose to be around you and spend time around you. And uh, I think that's a special thing. So I, I think perspective, as I said in the beginning, is pretty much my one of my North stars. You know, it's one of the things that I always kind of seek and, and try to find because I think without perspective, we get a bit lost in this very entitled and privileged life that we live. And it's easy to kind of get beaten down by it and, and discouraged by it. But I think the more perspective you can have, the more, at least for me, the more excited I am because it's like, wow, I mean, what a head start and what a situation where I can choose to, to, to spend my time a certain way. And to, that's a gift. So I think that that should be cherished. So perspective, I think. That's awesome. And there are so many takeaways from this. I'll be sure to have the link to the book in the uh, episode description. So people won't have to look far to find it. And they'll be able to find you on social media through all the links there. Uh, with all of that said, thank you so much for coming back on the show for a third appearance. Like you're on a roll. Thanks, Chris.